Hello, everybody, and welcome to another fantastic edition of Dialogue Box. My name is Laughing Boy LP. Uh, the Dialogue Box, the show that wishes it was a podcast, and today it finally gets its chance. Uh, this is season two, baby, of Dialogue Box. It's It's been five years. Or no, it's been like three years since I started the show, but now it's season two. So Nice. Checks out. Take notes, TV Tropes. Uh, so with me today is uh, a nice latte with raspberry but I also have three very lovely guests here with me today uh, we've got Elias Thompson who is our uh, resident ZU Twitch director I think he does stuff with money sometimes and he also streams I do do stuff with money sometimes yes that's sometimes describing my adult life quite accurately <laughs> I don't. I just spend it flamboyantly. Uh, That's doing stuff with money. Mode. We also have Ace Fangirl, who also streams on Twitch.television. Hello. Hi. And we've got Sarah Bear, who also streams on Twitch.television. I think the funny thing is that your uh, your webcam icon is the same one that you sent me. So actually, we actually get to see... Uh, you blinking constantly every second yes. for the next possibly two hours. <laughs> it is blinking hydration. extremely is frequently. Yeah. That's right. Well, you, okay, you said it had to be appropriate, all right? So I picked the most non-sexy well, what the hell were you going to send me anyway? <laughs> now I, sh- I know what show this from. It's not that sexy. What? What? <laughs> you should have seen what I... Yeah. Oh my God. I know what you're, you're telling is. me. Yumiko isn't name. sexy. Come on. Yes, she is. Anyways, but this she is about Zelda. Let's any... not. Let's yeah. not talk about gambling. anime. <laughs> Am I on the wrong anime? Am I on the wrong podcast? Let's talk about anime. Could be. Yeah, we'll talk about the 35th anniversary of anime. Only <laughs> uh, like 35 years. Finally, it's been 35 years. <laughs> uh, <laughs> finally. So, Zelda, huh? It's been yeah. it's been a long ride. We got a trailer for uh, Breath of the Wild two last year, and then this year Aonuma was like, "Nah, nah, I'm good." <laughs> I remember that direct very well. <laughs> I can't believe anime is 35 years old. So anyway, uh, I have no stick. housekeeping today because this is not that kind of podcast. But uh, we're going to talk a little bit about Zelda, our experiences with it. Um, and all sorts of other different quest- weird questions that I've prepared for our guests. So buckle up, relax, oh. maybe drink some tea or caffeine or whatever it is that is your drink of choice. Stay hydrated and let's get started. I, don't, I didn't really have much of an intro this time, but it was already so disjointed. You, you, so. You, it, was, it was a great intro. You nailed it. It was pretty you good. Yeah, I liked it. I liked it. I would have maybe subbed the, the tea with coffee, but, uh, you know, you do you. Got coffee. <laughs> so Zelda's been around for quite a long time, and honestly, I am kind of like, I was not functional. I was not conscious. I was not alive when the first Zelda came out. I think by the time I was alive, uh, ooh, I think what Zelda two was 87. I think so. So I was definitely around for link to the past, but I was not, I was just a gleam in my father's eyes. They say by the time Zelda two came out, 
or glint. Something. I special. I'll have to ask my father. <laughs> he would know. Was I a glint or a gleam? <laughs> Tell me, father. Uh, so, what was your first experiences with Zelda? Um, how did you like get to know Zelda? How did you figure out about it? What was your first like foray into the franchise? Um, Ace Fangirl, because you're on the top left, you get to go first. Oh, sick. Um, so, growing up, I didn't have a lot of uh, video game consoles. My parents weren't super into that, and I was a big reader, so I didn't care. But my cousins had an N64. And so whenever we would go visit them, I would just park it in front of the N64 and play Ocarina of Time for basically the entire time that I was there. Um, I never got very far because they lived in Indiana and I did not. So it was very infrequently that we went to go visit them. Um, so, you know, I only knew about the first half of Ocarina of Time uh, for a very long time. And then eventually the first Zelda, like, system-esque thing that I could own was a Wii. So I didn't play Zelda again until Twilight Princess. I think. And then I may have had uh, I got the GameCube Ocarina of Time. So I finally finished the game after many, <laughs> many years. Actually, you know what? I don't think I did um, because I couldn't get past the Shadow Trial because I couldn't shoot <laughs> Actually, the arrow wait, good no. enough. I had to wait oh, I until I got on the 3DS to actually finish the game. <laughs> so, and then, oh, and then I got a lot concerned. more into Zelda after that, but early <laughs> life, not as much. And then once I finally started getting into video games for real, I played as many as I could get my hands on. I was just, I was, I was taken aback by, I got a Wii with Twilight Princess first, and I was like, okay, good. Good, 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 solid start. And then got Ocarina of Time for the GameCube. And I was like, wait, wait, that's. that's you heard what she there. said. <laughs> but, you know, I got over it. <laughs> <laughs> so you had, you wound up getting what? The, uh, the collection disc, I guess. Yeah. That's hard. That would have been hard to get even by then. Because I think, uh, you could only could have only gotten it. I got the red collection from Toys R Us when I pre-ordered uh, Wind Waker, and then I got the silver collection with uh, resubscribing to Nintendo Power. I think both of them were pretty easily available at GameStop, but I think you had to pay like forty bucks. I was say I think I got mine at GameStop. Two. Yeah, probably I got mine off the shelf somewhere. Probably GameStop. Um, Elias, you're the top right. Technically, nobody knows that. Like they're just seeing. <laughs> well, they know it now. Yeah, thanks okay. for outing where we are in the position. Wow. <laughs> I can't believe I just got docked in this Discord second. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what kind of show am I running here? Almost Not a good 24. One. Um. Yeah. So what? Same question to me. Um. It's so my first experience. So the first thing I remember, I can manage to remember about Zelda was being uh, dropped off at the daycare at a Bally's Total Fitness while my mom and her friend went to go work out at the gym in the daycare. And uh, in the little playroom, they had a Super Nintendo set up uh, with a link to the past on that 
a few of the kids were playing. I'm pretty sure I played it at one point, so I think that was the first Zelda game I played. Um, and uh, so that was technically my first. But then, you know, N64, Ocarina of Time came out. I was one of those kids who would beg my mom on a weekly basis to continually rent Ocarina of Time from Blockbuster week after week until she was just like, it'd be cheaper to buy it for him. So um, it was Ocarina of Time, and I also got stuck at the Shadow Temple until I got good and beat it. Okay, well, that's that's fine. <laughs> wow. First of all, it wasn't the Shadow Temple. It was the, the trial in Ganon's castle where you oh, have to shoot Shadow that torch. Trial. That's like, so yeah, you really actually got pretty It's been so long since I've gotten that far in Ocarina of Time. I completely <laughs> forgot that was in the game. Yeah, that was where I got... Once I blew, like, a full two inventory loads of arrows, I was like, God, I am so done. <laughs> and I just stopped playing. I uh, I think the first time I, I've beaten Ocarina of Time in a long time was like, so I beat it the 3DS version last year. I think before that, I hadn't even thought about playing it since uh, probably like 2000, 2001. Uh, wow. Oh, wow. Okay. That The 3DS version sat on my backlog for quite some time. The 3DS had to die before I finally played it. And that's like a practically a launch title for the system uh my first foray into zelda was actually just because um so my very first like video game experiences was uh kind of either seeing it at a friend's house because i didn't own any game consoles until i was like five my first console was like a super nes christmas 1995 um came with donkey kong country and batman Returns. so i literally had like the best possible experience you could have on the Super NES and the worst possible experience that you could have on the <laughs> SNES. Just like Thanos, perfectly balanced. Um, as all things should be. As all things should be. <laughs> and also with you. So, <laughs> because I got stuck on DKC3 like a couple of years later, because I, I knew about Player's Guides, you could buy them at Toys R Us, and then I finally... Uh, I wanted the DKC3 guide because I was stuck on a boss. And so that had to come with like issues of Nintendo power in order to get the guide for free. And so that was, I started reading all these Nintendo power magazines. I think my first issue was the Mario Kart 64 issue and a couple issues in, I think Link's Awakening had been re-released on the Game Boy. So they were uh, putting up a bunch of stuff and they Zelda for anybody that's like a big Nintendo power reader back in the day, like, any Zelda game, as soon as it comes out, it's always in the top 10 for as long as the system was alive. And so it would always be either one, two, or three. And I think the N64 had some flux with like Banjo Kazooie, like overtaking it sometimes. But ultimately, like a Zelda game is always in the top 10. So that was kind of like, okay, well, that's a thing. But when I started reading like the Nintendo Power coverage of Link's Awakening and then um, Ocarina of Time, I was intrigued i think i remember playing the original nes version at a friend's house when i went over i really didn't like it uh especially since like sword point forward and it's kind of really difficult to kind of do anything when your hand-eye coordination as a six-year-old just doesn't exist um and then i i just wasn't really fascinated by the character designs i also wasn't a big fantasy person like i was always kind of a sci-fi that was my area of, of nerddom. A Metroid um, fan, obviously. 
Uh, clearly. Yeah, that's why I've played every... <laughs> actually, wait, shit, I kind of have played almost every single one. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's going to make a joke, but uh, joke's on me. Congrats, anyway, you just played yourself. I did, by playing games. No. Um, I think the first game I ever actually owned was Ocarina of Time. So I, I bought Ocarina... Actually, you know what? F- fuck it. I, I got Ocarina of Time and Link's Awakening at the same day as like a... Uh, um, birthday present because i had a game boy color and i had an n64 so i bought the dx version and ocarina of time and ocarina of time had been around for a while by that point so it was kind of whatever um so those are my first couple of zelda games and i still say like probably Link's awakening is one of my favorites but we'll get into that um ocarina of time i really enjoyed and it was how i kind of made connections with friends at the time because we were just like talking about trying to play and beat it but originally, I, I was just kind of weirded out by the character designs, but eventually I was convinced to play it, and I wound up growing to like it. Sarah, how about you, being on the bottom right? Because there's only four spots. Oh. oh, me? Oh, okay. That's right. Um, Yeah, so like you said before, you're you're correct. Like, So like the original Zelda game came out in 1986, and then um, Zelda 2 was 1987. I was not born until the late 1990s, so I didn't really have any experience with those. Um, I remember, so this is, actually, this is probably going to get me some flack. (laughs) When I was younger, I didn't really play video games on my own because a lot of the neighborhood kids that I played games with, like, it was like, oh, this is my system. You're not allowed to play on it. You're the little kid. Oh, my God. Like, that sort of thing. So, like, usually I played a lot of games with um, other people. And my first experience of, like, playing Zelda uh, was probably, probably, yeah, at a friend's house. We we were playing through it together, and she just kind of asked me, like, oh, where do I need to go for this? And do you remember where that was? And I just kind of, I was one of those people that just had, like, a lot of, like, visual memory with that. But, um and then that, the other the other thing that's kind of funny too is like I remember one time like my sister was trying to take an interest in my hobbies, you know, being a nice big sister for once. <laughs> she's trying to take an interest in my hobbies, and she's like, she's like, let's let's play let's play uh, Ocarina of Time together. And I was like, I don't know, I'm scared. I don't like the spiders. They're gross. Oh, I, don't I like hate them. spiders. <laughs> Yeah, so I was like, I don't know if I can do this. I don't know. But yeah, eventually, like, you know, of course, I would eventually go and play Ocarina on my time, uh, Ocarina of Time by myself, completed that, did Majora's Mask. Um, I played a little bit of Oracle of Seasons. I've played um, Four Swords Adventure. I've played like a whole bunch of them. Um, Your resume. Yeah, that was just kind of my experience. But yeah, I just, um, yeah, when I, when I originally started off as like a kid, it was like, you know, being friends with other people, they were like, no, it's my system. If you want to play you, I have to play it. You can watch. And it's like, oh, okay. (laughs) So that was, that was just kind of my first experience with like uh, Zelda and video games in general. Honestly, that that, that might've been how it was in the Bally's daycare. It might've just been like the popular kids in the daycare like actually playing <laughs> and then other kids huddling around and watching be like can i have a turn they're just like no and then they kept playing <laughs> <laughs> no what am i gonna do he said Watch. no i counted anyways 
<laughs> and I didn't even. So I, I kind of already watching at the time. Did well. Yeah. Well, to it's, be fair, I did take pride in remembering those things because my friend would be like, she's like, oh, God, I don't remember where the small key is. And I'm like, oh, you got to go back like two rooms and then to the right and it's over there. She's like, how do you remember that? I, I don't know. <laughs> I just do. <laughs> two rooms, I said. Um, I kind of already wound up answering this question myself, but what did you immediately take to the franchise? Did it take some time to get used to it? It didn't take me too long once I started playing it. Um, I don't remember how specifically with Ocarina of Time, like I chose that game. Maybe I just saw a pretty box picture on the shelf and be like, that one, I can't remember. Um, but once I started playing it, I was like, this is probably one of my favorite video games. Um, and which caused me to play later ones down the line and stuff like that. So I would say, yeah, for me personally, once I knew what I was playing, I took to the game and then the series pretty quickly. That said, I, I didn't go back thing, and play yeah. the older games I had missed until like <laughs> I was older. Oh, same, same. Yeah, but me, me too. I would say the same thing, probably. I like, we had a limited selection of games at my cousin's house. Uh, and it was either that or play Smash Bros with all of us. So whenever anyone else didn't want to play, it was pretty much only Ocarina of Time. But luckily I liked it because I like that kind of setting and I like that kind of combat, so I wasn't going to complain. And so because I liked that, I kind of just assumed I would like it going forward. And luckily I was right. Um, yeah, I took I took to the series very easily, very quickly. Um, <laughs> I was actually thinking about um, sending some images to you before we started, but like when I was in like middle school and high school, like the beginning of high school and that, I actually had a chain wallet that had <laughs> Link from Ocarina of Time on it and just <laughs> stuff like that. And now like, now I'm like, I'm looking at my rings and fiddling because of anxiety, you know, that sort of thing. And the one that I'm wearing right now is, um, it's based off of Navi from LOZ. So yeah, I, had, I took to it very quickly. I've had the same Twilight Princess branded wallet for like 14, 15 years. Heck yeah. I wore my it Zelda is falling apart. <laughs> my, oh, I was about to say like I we just I just got a new wallet like last year and it already is, like falling apart. I can't imagine keeping one single wallet for fourteen years until it actually like physically just falls apart. Just and breaks. <laughs> it just disintegrates. We can't all be those uh, handmade Plus duct tape wallets that we all had in two thousand and six. <laughs> As a guy, you know, put it put it in my back pocket. It's now conformed to the shape of you know my body. And uh, getting a new wallet <laughs> to deal with that. Oh, yeah, I can't relate. Must be awkward oh, to shower with now. That's yeah, because mine, <laughs> my, mine was a um, mine was a chain wallet as well. So like, I I got so used to sitting on it, so that like when I stopped having a chain wallet, I was like, oh, this is weird. I have a butt again. <laughs> <laughs> I have a butt again. Yeah, exactly. Thank the Lord, it's a Christmas miracle. <laughs> It, Zelda's had a lot of like different evolutions over the years. Um, it's even tried to be like a 2D game at some point, which, you know, your mileage may vary on that transformation. But it tried different things. Sometimes it stuck, sometimes it didn't. Uh, I think the biggest thing that the Zelda franchise has done as it's moved along is that change to 3D. And with being able to make that move to 3D with Ocarina of Time, I guess we can talk about this a little bit. Why do we all 
think that this game was able to succeed in that transition, whereas others struggled. I mean, uh, I was thinking about it just watching another streamer play Tomb Raider for the first time, the very first one. And I think one of the things that I realized in the 3D gaming landscape is that the tank controls was pretty much used by everybody except pretty much Nintendo. And for those that don't know what the tank controls are, it's like if you have a uh, a directional D-pad. So the original PlayStation did not come with analog sticks at all. It didn't take until maybe a couple of years into the life cycle. Um, so Sony had to assume that you didn't have joysticks at all. Throughout the entire lifespan of the PlayStation existence, they had to pretend as if you didn't have these things. And so what does most like 3D games do in that case? They tend to do something where the character moves forward with the up button of the d-pad uh they walk backwards like literally walking backwards by holding down and then they turn left and right by the different directions on the d-pad mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. nintendo shipped with an analog stick so the very first game mario 64 and then pilot wing 64 were able to use the full functionality of flight controls and just kind of going anywhere you wanted to go And so a lot of 3D games, especially those made by third party or other uh, development companies, really seem to have a tough time uh, understanding 3D. And even in certain cases where a franchise used to exist as a 2D game, really struggled uh, in order to make the transition. And like Sonic hasn't even figured it out yet, when some would say. (laughs) Uh, But why do we think that Zelda really succeeded here, whereas others are having some difficulties. I mean, I think a a big factor and I, I was not paying super close attention to video game development at the time, but uh, I I think a factor was, you know, they, they came out with super Mario 64 pretty early uh, with the Nintendo 64. And then Ocarina of time could look at that and learn from that a little bit. Um, Because originally when they started developing Ocarina 3d Zelda, they were thinking about a Super Mario 64 kind of approach where Hyrule Castle, Hyrule uh, you know, Town or whatever was kind of this central hub. And then you just branched out to the dungeons from there, right? And they sort of shifted that um, into the slightly more open world version uh, that Ocarina came when they saw that it kind of worked for Mario, but then also saw like how it could be different. And then they innovated like Z-targeting. I think in the, in the mm-hmm. Ocarina of Time, which was huge. Mm-hmm. Once they figured that out in their engine, they're just like, okay, well now that allows us to use these controls in these ways and allows us to design gameplay and maps in, in other ways, which really worked out for them, I think. Yeah, it seems like they really, <clears throat> I wouldn't say struggled, but they, they definitely had to take a long time to think about how a game that kind of presented itself as a top-down action adventure slash RPG, however you wanted to call it, uh, and then changing it from that to this over the shoulder perspective or behind the back perspective. And it's weird because looking at it, I feel like even back in the day, you could just look at that game and be like, yeah, that, that makes sense. Like, I don't see how they could have done this any other way, except this behind the back perspective of going through rooms. And then I guess, you know, that's the start of, really the Zelda formula where whatever item or weapon that you get in that area becomes the thing that you probably are going to need to use to kill said boss in that area. Um, And then, you know, rule of three mechanics, 
where usually unless you're like super good uh the first time you play a zelda game it's usually like three rounds of a boss fight before it finally dies um but it i i feel like what was it i i think they the one thing that really crossed their minds was fencing or specifically sword fighting 1v1 against other characters and then obviously that changed because you fight like three iron knuckles in one room at some point um but I, even like I'm, I'm even slightly amazed by how they kind of thought about oh like dodging mechanics like jumping and rolling and all the different little nuances that it changes the game completely um but ultimately like done in a package that you're just kind of like well i don't see how else they could have done this yeah i i kind of I kind of agree with what you guys have said in that aspect. Um, just because, like, they already kind of already had the building blocks to work on it, so they could just um, enhance them more and get more control with it, which I... And then, like... And I know, like, oh, if you're comparing it to Sonic or, like, a different franchise, I think it also just kind of helps that, A, Nintendo had a lot of fan following, and B, that... um. The Legend of Zelda was just so popular. I mean, they had they had commercials about it, man. Commercials. <laughs> Let us never forget the Japanese Link to the Past commercial. Oh, yeah, so important. sixty seconds of it. Zelda, yes. Zelda. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, you guys covered it pretty well. I think just the amount of practice that they were able to have with other stuff before they moved to Ocarina of Time really just benefited them so much, and it made it just all kind of flow and led to the, uh, the brilliance that we have today. Yeah. Cause they, after, after the, uh, experience that was Link's, uh, adventure of Link, they had sort of settled on the, the Zelda formula with a link to the past. So they, they're like, okay, let's try to make 3d link to the past. What does that look like? And they sort of looked at what was done with Mario 64 and they're just like, this is a good starting point. And then, Beautiful things came together and made Ocarina of Time. When two people fall in love. <laughs> when a Mario and his um make a baby, it's Metroid. <laughs> yeah. Well, the baby. Oh, well, the child. Well, okay. What's the next question? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we can't all be winners. Um, so I think one of the things that was really groundbreaking for Ocarina of Time is how it inspired so many other different uh, developers at that point in time, even like up to 10 years down the line. Um, Z-targeting, especially as you mentioned before, was like such a groundbreaking uh, innovation that Nintendo pretty much came up with on their own. And all of these other different developers started implementing some kind of I think in other games they ca- started calling it L targeting because there was no Z button on like a PlayStation controller, but or they they just refused to call it anything at all because they're like we're definitely not getting sued or copying anybody in any way, shape, or form. But if you click on this button, it will target somebody so that the camera constantly moves, and uh, we uh, we don't know where that came from. But please, the we way all know that, that Nintendo is not litigious. Oh yeah, no, we all know that Nintendo would never go after anybody with any kind of lawsuit or threat of lawsuit. I mean, Simply not who they are. No, exactly. Uh, oh, no, I've never they, seen a... They appreciate their fans <laughs> and their promotions. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. 
If, if Please Nintendo don't kill me, loves, Nintendo. <laughs> if, if Nintendo loves anything, it is uh, all nice things, and they're definitely a great company, and I'm definitely not going for we the brand ambassador. Where, where, where are you going for this? Okay. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, where, I'm going for the brand where is ambassador. this leading? <laughs> Love me. Yeah, randomizers uh, are bad. Get, yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, everyone hates them. Uh, we're no, definitely not going to talk about those in a half an hour. Um, <laughs> I think where Ocarina of Time uh, inspired a lot of people and was very forward-thinking, it almost seems like Breath of the Wild, while a big step forward for the Zelda franchise, sort of followed what everybody else was doing with open world gaming and the way that those games tend to work. Zelda kind of was looking at them where, you know, 20 years before that, people were looking at Zelda and figuring out what they could learn from it. Um, Do you think that Breath of the Wild broke new ground with open world mechanics or do you feel like Nintendo's now kind of playing catch up where it used to be more forward thinking in the past? Both. I, yeah, I was gonna say both. It, yeah, so yeah, yep, yep. I mean, <laughs> specifically in regards to Zelda, right? Once they got locked into the the formula, which they really kind of locked down with Ocarina of Time being 3D, right? They were 3D standard definition up until Skyward Sword, um, and you know they they had they had the the handheld games, which they experimented a little bit with, um, mostly looking back at the 2D top down formula. But they they just iterated with some minor variants for the most part on that formula up until they started Breath of the Wild. And by that time Breath of the Wild was there, HD had been around forever. Open world had been around forever. Like they had a plethora of admittedly Zelda inspired games that had made their own you know footprint on the gaming world to now look at and see how could we make a Zelda like this? While at the same time, innovating their own things. Like they, Nintendo are serial innovators, whether it's for the bet good or not. Like it's, it's uh, sometimes it's a miss and sometimes it's a hit. And for the most part with what they innovated on in Breath of the Wild on top of some of the, you know, paradigms like with open world or open air, whatever they call it. Um, that sort of led to this sort of combined product again, where they were looking uh, back at themselves as well as what others have been able to do, you know, after not really looking at them too much or at the very least taking from them very much in the past few years. And once again, like Ocarina, like combining the best of both worlds, make Breath of the Wild. Yeah, it seems like, um, Nintendo kind of focused a lot on hardware innovation for the Wii, kind of the Wii U, the Switch. Um, Definitely for the Wii. And I feel like, and for yeah. Uh, and I feel like at some point, Nintendo, in terms of their software, <laughs> had started to coast. I think once they kind of figured out what they wanted to do with their franchises, they hadn't really changed too much of it. Uh, I'm also looking at Hot Dog Man next, on your Cheerio box, so. Don't know what you're talking about. It's TP friend. <laughs> so, basically, I feel like once Nintendo kind of understood what it, where it was they wanted to go with certain franchises, like 
if you've played New Super Mario Brothers, you've also technically played New Super Mario Brothers 2. You've also technically played New Super Mario Brothers Wii. You've also, te- like, they kind of started doing these sequel iterations that were just kind of, it's kind of the same game over and over again. And I feel that's when people were talking about, like, the Zelda formula um, where certain dungeons or certain things had to be in place and they were usually in some kind of order. And everything had to kind of be the same game over again with minor or in some cases major changes like you could say skyward sword is just a different version of wind waker's great sea whereas they wanted to try to focus more on the hardware innovations of the wii remote rather than just coasting along and sailing the open seas um they wanted to try and do something fun both games with voids as an overworld. One's flat and blue, the other's a literal void with clouds. Literal void of, of white. It's very pastel. <laughs> One is I'm slightly bumpy and like yeah. a whitish, yellowish color. Yeah. It's ambiguous. I have, <laughs> um, I have issues with those. And and even in the on the DS side of things, uh, they were slightly different from the 3D versions of of the Zelda games, but they still kind of followed a very template, like a very strict template. Um, and then again, a lot of the innovations for those games were the hardware, not really the software. And so when they had to go back and take another look at their games, I think hopefully getting like some new people working in the company that can give their own ideas to kind of expand the series or take series in a new direction rather than constantly giving their brands to other developer companies probably will help expand their franchise a little bit more, but just depends. Yeah. I mean, it's weird. As long as I've been around following Nintendo as development of certain franchises, right? There's still so much I do not understand about how, ultimately just Japanese business works and how that affects Nintendo developing video games. Um, it's just a, a work culture. I, I have not, you know, I'm not personally exposed to. And so there's, there's things I will always decisions. I will never understand why they, you know, do things the way they do. Um, but that I think is definitely a, a factor in terms of like, you know, why sometimes they end up uh, giving an IP to an external studio and sometimes they don't, but sometimes they do do a good job with. Um, it's just like, well, why couldn't Nintendo just, you know, do something like this themselves? And then Nintendo has to see that feedback, and they're just like, yeah, why can't we? What? Why? Why? Why, why haven't we been <laughs> <Wait>. doing that? <laughs> Wait a minute! This could have saved us so much money by switching to Geico. <laughs> yeah, why don't we just take fifteen minutes to save fifteen percent or more on car insurance? <laughs> Yeah, I feel like they, they definitely kind of like choose where to take risks and where not because they're obviously a very sales-driven company, right? If they see mm-hmm. Ocarina of Time being, you know, the highest selling game ever of all time, you know, up until that point, right? They're going to like make more of that. Do that again, right? While at the same <laughs> time, you know, with the hardware type controls, it's on a new console. Let's try to use the Wiimote. Let's uh, try to use the Wii U gamepad, which, you know, didn't really end up panning out. Um but, you know, they, they, they kind of choose those areas to sort of innovate, whereas they kept the formula the same until, you know, Breath of the Wild again. Um, 3D on the 3DS with Zelda, like, you know, all sorts of things. I think that's probably about everything that needs to be said. 
I think there's something to be said for taking, like, the good parts of only taking a limited amount of risks, though, because if you just risk everything and it doesn't pan out and then you have to, that ultimately affects the production of the game, then no one will be happy. So there is something good to be said for only taking a measured number of risks, and I think they really kind of pushed it to the limit with Breath of the Wild, because probably they had seen the success of other open-world games and even went... Actually, I don't remember the order of things that came out on the Switch, but or like how far things were along in development at the time of the Switch's release, I guess. But with other open-world games that were currently being developed for the Switch, they probably had some stuff to work with. They could see what they could do and kind of use that to make something new for Zelda, which I think people ultimately appreciated, obviously. So mm. I do think there is something to be said for that. Yeah, I don't think Nintendo's ever sort of done with Zelda uh, sort of risk everything situation. Zelda never had a Metroid Other M where they just looks like yeah. <laughs> everything's different. Um, well, I think we talk about handing the games over to other companies. And I think obviously the big example of that for Zelda there, well, there's two, um, we can talk about the going. CDI franchise, no. um, don't know <laughs> handing it over and letting other people take the wheel on the, fr- on the, on the series, just because they wanted to save a couple bucks and not be scared of Sony for a minute. Um, you must die. <laughs> but what I was also, uh, I guess, uh, Ace, you kind of came up with a good point there. Um, they, I think as game development and as game production grew to be more and more expensive, it was more and more difficult to take risks. So Zelda 2 is not the same game. It, it's not the same game as the first one, and it's not the same game as any of the ones that come after it. And I think people have been like figuring out how Nintendo could remake it as, to be more like a standard Zelda title. But that was a risk take to take the series somewhere different. I think they were more enthralled by console RPGs at the time. And I'm not exactly sure why they decided to go the 2D route completely, but um, they just wanted to try something that was different from what they had just made. And that's a huge risk. But I also feel like it didn't cost them as much. And also, a lot of people wound up buying that game because either they weren't really following like it's harder to follow games back in the late 80s than it is today and i don't think a lot of people knew what kind of game that they were opening when they finally put it into their nes and and hit the power button um but that game that but they found (laughs) out and had that game come out 20 years later i feel like that would have been a very different story like it would have been devastating like again like other m we haven't really seen God when okay when another M come out and I'm trying to think they haven't really seen a sequel Metroid since another M came right? out in like, 2010 and then we never saw Metroid after that until Federation Force in 2016 yep some would say the best one. Oof. <laughs> a long time. so Zelda had a good, uh, it was a long time my favorite thing about that game is still that everyone really liked Blast Ball and then everyone really hated Federation <laughs> Force. This is a fun Nintendo version of Rocket League. Great, it's a Metroid game. Oh. 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 Is, it, oh no. is it just a multiplayer game set oh. in the Metroid oh. universe? No, well, kind of. 
<laughs> I kind of, I mean, take it as you will. Yeah. I, I honestly feel like they were just kind of like, oh, I, I don't know how well this is going to take. Quick, slap a slap a license name on it. Do it. All right. Uh, we put, we put, they we put a Metroid on it. People will love this. All right. It just seems to it. be like they showed us the Blast Ball tournament first to soften the blow. Like, and it, everyone yeah. was really I remember into it. that. I was like, I <laughs> yeah, kind of want this game. It was a fun game. because they were bringing back the world tournament, right? And there's like, here's a new game yeah. we're working on. It's like, okay, yeah, we're this. We're all having fun here, right? It's a nice little multiplayer game. The next day. The next day, we got nothing but bad news. <laughs> Samus ain't even in this one. We don't yeah. talk about Stairfax Adventure. Stairfax. Uh, I like Steel that was, an, that was another that, that was another good Zelda game actually yeah that was actually yeah. a very great Zelda game <laughs> very also innovative. I have to quote one of my favorite things from the CDI games ah you've killed me no. good good <laughs> good I just uh, imagine the director is like tombstone. and scene yeah <laughs> alright everyone Perfect. we can go home for the day nailed the- it the one voice acting director just like cycling someone in was just like, yep, good, next. <laughs> yep, all right. We've got, we've only got this recording studio for an hour. Let's get this or, done. Or, yeah, it's 4 p.m. on a Friday and I'm already drunk. <laughs> yeah, let's, so let's just... get this over with. <laughs> I need to swing by Burger King on my way to my divorce proceeding. Listen, the <laughs> game ships tomorrow and I forgot to record all these lines. <laughs> Honey. How do you get down get here? In here? The 90s were crazy. Good. Oh, they were so crazy. Lots of cocaine, apparently. Uh, speaking of oh, dang. things speaking that are very cocaine. confusing. Wait, wait, wait. Speaking, oh, of, speaking of cocaine? Speaking of things that are horribly confusing and ultimately frustrating, uh, let's talk about the Zelda timeline. Nope. <laughs> I'm here to be here. All right, to, moving to on. For all of you. Yeah, if anybody needs to hold my I mean, hand. Um, okay. <laughs> I think the thing is, is that as a Zelda fan, or if you were in the Zelda fan scene, especially in like the early 2000s, I think there's always been a question of a timeline. Um, people have tried to figure out where certain games or where new games in the series are going to wind up. And I think until the official Hyrule Historian... Zelda timeline came out. Everyone kind of had an idea with some arguing pieces about where each game fell on a particular timeline. Um, do you? Does anybody remember that time before Al Numa said that there was an official one? Oh yeah. <laughs> does anyone remember that? Does it was, anybody remember? It was a, it was times? a it was a time of. <laughs> theory boards the on internet ages. forums where everyone was taking various Hylian scripts from different games and juxtaposing against Ganon resurrections and <laughs> it was uh it was it was more more of just a fun activity than something to be toxic about <laughs> yeah admittedly i wasn't super into the history but i do remember people speculating on like oh, well, this thing occurred, and this game mentioned that, and now this is going on, and people were, like, putting the pieces together, and it just reminds me of that, um, what is it, that that scene 
in Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Oh <laughs> yeah, with Charlie the like on the, the wall. strings yeah. connected yeah. everywhere. Yeah. That's basically that's, that's what, it what I was picturing. Yeah, that's yeah, essentially that's what literally it was. what it was. It was like a yeah. conspiracy theory of like this one's here and this one's there. No, it's over there. No, this one. It's like, oh my God. Yeah, because I'll be honest, I wasn't involved in this at all, so. <laughs> I had nothing yeah, to do Yeah, like, I didn't this. look you, in. You leave me Yeah, out of I did not look into the history at all yeah. either, but it was just kind of fun to watch the culture, like, watch the people be like, no, this one, no, that one. And it's like, well, you know, I'm, I'm just here to play games and have fun. It, it was, it was, even, even, even before reasons. Twilight Princess, even before Twilight Princess came out, there was a split timeline theory, right? Because there were too many contradictions, yeah. right? Um, yeah. Already, yep. and then they announced Twilight Princess, and they show they showcase, and they're just like, oh, "Okay, but the Wind Waker, though, like, what? How how does this like what and happens when when they were first starting to do developer interviews, like for e, at E three about Twilight Princess? That was the first time the developers admitted split timeline. So that was still before they came out with an official whole timeline. But then you know the. Theorists went back to the drawing board like, okay, now that we know there's a split timeline, this can be here and now we can do this. And, and now, now we have a nice little unifying two-prong fork. That's right. Then yeah. it changed. <laughs> but. Yeah. Then it changed. <laughs> and Actually, then, yeah, and was like, split timeline. <laughs> Why not a Triton? I did say. I feel like the first time oh, that a timeline kind of entered my brain or like in my visible space was wind waker because there was this whole idea of i mean literally the backstory of wind waker doesn't really make sense if you've played ocarina of time and majora's mask and you kind of can understand that like okay well in majora's mask link goes and does this and that's you know he returns to being a kid and he goes and looks for his fairy friend when Wind Waker shows up in its backstory, you're just kind of like, okay, well, I guess that makes sense. If he's looking for Navi, he probably wouldn't be around for Ganon to take over, but I thought he was sealed. So did he just wake back up in like five minutes? Like how? That's like, sealed. I, I remember really just going like, weak. yeah. Nobody knew. <laughs> yeah. It was just, you know. A fun activity it was. Fit and duct tape. Zelda was a just fun, like, what I thought I did a good job. You know, he was the in the back out there. Yeah, he was on a break. Um, yeah, I think that was the first time I ever thought about it. And then, yeah, again, as the developers started giving more hints, it's like, well, is there an official timeline? And they're kind of like, yeah. And we're like, can do, we see it? Do you and they're want like, there to be? No. no. <laughs> <laughs> you don't like, need Nintendo it. Nintendo played coy for a long time. Yeah. I think fans knew that there was an official timeline long before they ever unveiled one. Well, I think because they were still figuring it out, like the fans. Yeah. At the time, right? <laughs> we, they, we don't they even just know had their the own internal forum where they were all throwing ideas together and be like, "But the script here. Well, what if we did a third time? No, that doesn't make any sense. Okay, but then it would explain." <laughs> we got what it. game did we make? <laughs> <laughs> what the hell have we I been think, doing for 20 years? I think years? another reason why they probably didn't want to release an official one is because when you go and you start developing more games and that, unless you specifically say, this is direct sequel to this game, then mm-hmm. they're like, oh, crap. Now we got to figure out where this fits into the timeline. And like just going through that whole process, like, ugh. I mean, like, can you imagine uh. um, if they did... Uh, like if they if they did Breath of the Wild, but like they're working on the the second one, you know, 
if they just like didn't mention that it was related to the first one can you imagine people would just be like wait is this like a different link in a different <laughs> timeline what is going on split timeline i i and my yeah, favorite so thing i can understand why they would do that well, my favorite thing about Breath of the Wild was how confusing it got for everyone because once an official timeline had been established and revised twice, Breath of the Wild came out and people were like, all right, now where the fuck is this supposed to be? And Nintendo finally just <laughs> Where does Breath of the Wild it doesn't matter. actually like, go? Breath yeah, they, of the, officially they went, they went back to be just like, we're disregarding the timeline despite republishing yeah. several printed materials right now. I kind of just yeah. ignored it past the publication of Hyrule Historia. I was like, oh, that's in here. Huh, cool. And then just didn't think any more about it. Well, everyone was kind of like, all right, well, it has hot fish people, but now it has hot bird people too, <laughs> but it can't have hot fish and hot bird. This doesn't make sense Mutually to me. Mutually exclusive. Hurts. We can't have both. No, you yeah, can't. Yeah, because, you know, I, I got to wait. I got a question then, like, so technically we all we all know that like Skyward Sword was the start of it. So if that's the case and we now bring Breath of the Wild into this, where is that the start or is it still is it still Skyward Sword? So I think it's still Skyward Sword, right? Breath of the Wild is not on the timeline. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that is what Nintendo has officially stated like it is its own thing. Don't worry about it. We told you guys not to worry about it for thirty years, and you and you you proved and us yet, right. <laughs> you proceeded to worry about it. That's right, and yet you proceeded. Therefore, we're starting over. We punish um, you. I mean, no they, more they were punishing you for your sins. They also <laughs> no more timeline. They also we're taking the timeline back. As far as we to have say, timeline at home, that it was like <laughs> separate, but it was still like after everything, right? And so they, whenever they like put it on timelines, they're just put Breath of the Wild like at the bottom, unconnected to anything in the center, just like, and then there's this after everything. Yeah. Oh, you and mean like, I feel like people they should have just that. drawn a line from all three prongs <laughs> no, and put it back Breath of the Wild just in a box. That would just, <laughs> no, that, that would just make people go crazy and be like, what so could yeah, timelines? What so are funny. we missing? What's going So you're implying this is like uh, a map of the United States where Hawaii and Alaska are in their own little boxes in the corner and people actually yeah, thought no, exactly. that Hawaii and Alaska were next to each other. You're absolutely yeah. right. Breath of the Wild God. is the Alaska of the Zelda timeline. Yeah. It is. <laughs> I'm pretty sure oh that's God. on the box. I, the first time I heard I that, I was like... parts of it are Hawaii. What are we teaching the children? No, Hawaii is probably Age of Calamity. That's actually <laughs> probably true. In conclusion... Timeline. It sure exists. It sure does. Um, and that, you know, we kind of... That is the, technically the second question of this of this piece. Um, how did we all feel when we did see an official timeline for the series for the first time? Was there any sense of elation, of relief? <laughs> Nothing but disappointment. Uh, I don't know. I was just like, oh, that's I, a cool thing. <laughs> yeah. It, it, I mean, for people who weren't really involved in that or interested in it, it's just kind of like, oh, okay, that's kind of cool to know that information now. But that's really about it. Like, <laughs> I, I, what yeah. else are we gonna do? I obviously knew about the pizza. like the theorists and this the spending spending their time, you know, theorizing all these things. I kind of kept tabs on it because I obviously wanted to get a sense of what the coherent larger story was. 
but I was never the guy on the making his own corkboard with strings, right? So when they <laughs> when they released the official timeline, there was some confusion, um, but mostly it was a kind of sense of relief, like okay, I can accept this. Th- this is a little more bizarre than I thought it would be, but I can accept it, right? They've they've drawn all the lines here that I require to check that box in my brain. <laughs> Um, and so I, you know, kind of accepted it and continued to accept it up until Breath of the Wild, where now I'm just back in a state of what? What now? <laughs> what now, nerd? Especially I think for me, of calamity. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think for me, like, it just blew my mind that Nintendo of all people had a Link dies timeline. And well, I was fails. like, that's oddly dark for you. Hero falls. Yeah, and fails. The, yeah. Link Maybe falls. he just ran away like a coward. <laughs> Link, I was like, so, "Oh look, my yeah. playthroughs canon." <laughs> it's like Link didn't necessarily die. You just either stop playing the video game, or like in universe, when Link tries to come down from his treehouse, he just falls and breaks his leg <laughs> instead. <laughs> I, I just can't. He can't go. He can't go. Navi, where Can is he? Ganondorf off in the hospital, sir. He's an idiot, sir. That's right. Yeah, can't be king forever. Um, I think that was the only like really big thing, and then the fact that they did revise it multiple times, where I was kind of like, "What difference does it make that you move this game like from here to here?" Like the revisions that they made, like was like, "Okay, sure, but why?" And the fact that they did include everything, I think the only, obviously the only games they are not including in the timeline is uh, Smash Brothers, of course. Uh, yeah. The Hyrule Warriors games, and technically you could consider, I don't, I, to be honest, I haven't beaten it yet, but I assume you could include Age of Calamity in its own timeline with Breath of the Wild. Yeah. yeah. I would okay. assume. Yeah. Well. <laughs> I haven't well, played it either. The, the words of a naive idiot. Um, Be, beat Age of Calamity. I, I, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll, we'll come back and, <laughs> and set our watches. I'll be back for. Uh, All right, everybody, pull up, pull up anyway. time dot again. Yeah, for. Uh... <laughs> yeah, time dot is. It's fair. I think. Uh, yeah, like I said, that was that was a fairly interesting choice that they made, and one that I was kind of like, oh. But like, why would I? Why would that? Why would they think to do that? But there you go. That's how you get what I think. That's Nobody how you get linked to the past. Knows, knows. Yeah, like I, all those like little like rearrangements because I think they changed what like uh, oracles versus like Link's Awakening or something like that. They switched. Yeah. That uh, which one was after the other or something like that? And I was just like, okay, sure. Like that literally doesn't matter to me. But if you <laughs> if you want to change that, be my guest. Right? You're adding Link between worlds. Great, it works. You're adding Triforce Heroes, questionable, but fine, sure, whatever. Um, okay. <laughs> okay. It wasn't really until like Breath of the Wild just kind of was like its own little cloud at the end of the timeline. It's just like this is no longer a timeline. This is a time web. This with is a <laughs> collection of games. <laughs> this is a that joke. you put in an order on a list. <laughs> Three yeah, lists. I actually. feel like Breath of the Wild is on timeout. That's where. <laughs> yeah. My God, maybe someday you can sit at the big kids' table and be put into the timeline. <laughs> you gotta earn your timeline place. You gotta earn kid. your timeline <laughs> position. I gotta see those sales That's past right. thirty million first. 
I sold most consoles. Yeah. Doesn't count. So, yeah. <laughs> Animal Crossing sold more than you did. Um, oh, shoot. So where does Animal Crossing go? All right. I'm done with this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> where does it? Let's let's talk a little bit about Animal Crossing and Zelda. I think pre-Skyward Sword. It starts it all. <laughs> Ganon becomes evil because uh, he wants a house built and you built it wrong. No, he, he's in debt to Tom Nook. Yeah, he's in debt. <laughs> Obviously. The, I need to own the kingdom so because he just I need the money. The world in order to erase his debt. That raccoon oh is scary. Um, <laughs> so let's talk about the fans for a little bit. Nintendo might hate them, but we love them. <laughs> I feel preface. like few game franchises have inspired fan works quite like the Zelda franchise has. Um, where do you all feel the Zelda series has made kind of the most impact towards geek culture? Oh, definitely Halloween. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> green elf boy. Best costume. Well, hey, uh, no, best uh, costume is the green Zelda, Zelda shirt and the khaki shorts. That's the best costume. Heck yeah. We actually did comes... do Lincoln Nabby for Halloween costumes this year, so don't oh, act like that. Yeah. Legally distinct green elf boy. At me next time. <laughs> <laughs> Legally me. distinct. Um, yeah, we're definitely not uh, doing this. Nintendo loves <laughs> non-litigious. <laughs> well on our way to that ambassadorship, let me tell you. Um, I think oh, that it's become sailing. so prevalent in geek culture because Zelda has so many symbols that it's just easy to put everywhere. Yeah. 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 You know, like the Triforce and the Hylian Crest. And all of that stuff, it's just easy. You could put it on literally anything, as has happened. So I think, <laughs> yeah, and I'm not saying it's a bad man. thing. Like, it's also nice because it lets you, like, wear it in contexts where people aren't going to go like, oh my god, you're such a nerd, which is not a bad thing. But, you know, I can wear my Zelda necklace to job interviews uh, and not feel bad about it. Um but yeah, that's kind of what I, why I think it, it. I don't know if that really answers the question, but that's kind of why I think it's made the most impact on geek culture, just because yeah, I mean, it's extremely recognizable it's, and there's like fifty bajillion symbols. Yeah, it, it's 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 able to be sort of marketed very well because it's very brandable with all those symbols, right? Um, yeah, yeah. I think I think in a, in addition to that, like. It, we we kind of touched upon it earlier with like some of the innovations it made around the era of Ocarina of Time, but just in the game industry as a whole, um, there are so many Zelda likes and so many like fantasy genre games that have pulled from Zelda or pulled from games that have pulled from Zelda, um, because Zelda was very very early on the scene in terms of uh, popular fantasy uh, genre games, and. So much so to where it looped back on Zelda for Breath of the Wild when they were pulling, you know, inspiration. Um, and so I also think that's a that's a huge, you know, part of where that you call it. I don't know if you would call it geek culture, but where it has sort of left its mark on what is technically mm -hmm. like the fans, even though they're fans making other games. There's also um, you can see like different references to it in different sort of things. Like I remember um, uh, for anyone who used to watch the old uh, Powerpuff Girls stuff, there's an episode where like 
I don't know, like the mayor's like playing through it and he just like, <laughs> like there's like a, a scene he's like, he runs into a wall and it's like, you have died. And then like he accidentally he cuts Navi and it's like, you have died. And just like, he's just, he's like, oh man, I can't beat this game. But yeah, like it's, it's presented in so many different um, like animations and other games and like references to it and that, that it's just, it's very, it's like, wow, I know what that is. What so I feel, yeah i feel like on. with zelda 2 um the the three hearts is you probably see more fan marketable products with the three hearts because you can't legally say whether or not it's zelda so nobody can come after you for it but everyone mm-hmm. knows what it is i think there were two there were two or three very big franchises back in the 2000s that were highly marketed um, especially if, if you ever like got lost in a mall and somehow wound up in a hot topic, uh, there were like three distinct these are retro uh, games that were always represented. It was always Mario to some extent. It was always Mega Man to some extent, and uh, uh, Zelda. And with Zelda, mm-hmm. it was less about like the sprite artwork and more so about like we've been talking about with the symbols, the Hylian crest. Um, I feel like that is like the number one gamer tattoo is the Hylian crest um like i there are people that just do not religiously play games that also like zelda um and i think that that's also very surprising just because there has to be something about either the franchise as a whole or the games themselves that are appealing to a much wider audience than uh, any of the other games, especially like any of the other core Nintendo franchises, like people know Donkey Kong as an arcade game. Um, they may not know any of the other games that he's been in uh, as like a non-game player. Um, but a lot of people know Zelda to some extent, and it's just kind of crazy how easily marketable it is, despite the fact that. There are probably far more Pokemon uh, merchandise out on the market than there is Zelda. And I would say that, especially going into the Nintendo store, like Zelda has its own little nook in the Nintendo store on the upper floor. But there's like a lot of Pokemon stuff. And that's better than Kirby because I think Kirby has like, last time I was there, I think there was like a shelf of Kirby. (laughs) Yeah, there was a plushie and a shirt. And like Miyamoto just walks in, spits in your face, and he goes, "You're welcome." <laughs> it's part of the Nintendo World experience. It's quite nice. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Miyamoto just likes to walk in every 6 p.m. on a Tuesday and just spit in his fans' faces. It's like, what are you gonna? No one's ever gonna believe you. <laughs> what are you gonna do about it, wimp? All the time, all, all the while, Bill Trennan's translating. and then he just like spits on bill's face like no i can do it and he just like speaks perfect english (laughs) what are we doing (laughs) just sail into that ambassadorship uh yeah i mean it's email directly from him and he's gonna be like how are you so accurate who told you (laughs) um yeah i mean it's 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 very easy even for like my parents, I don't think, have played a single video game, single player video game in their life, but they know about Zelda, right? Uh, yeah, it's it's just become recognizable in a way that's just like, want to play a video game where you go on an adventure? Why not Zelda? That's one I know. 
Um, following up with that, um, in terms <gasps> oh, of... Oh, wait, wait. Sorry, oh. sorry, sorry. One yeah, more yeah, one yeah. more reference thing to that as well. Um, I actually, I, I'm assuming some people are in the same boat as me and just didn't know this, but I actually had no idea, um, may he rest in peace, that Robin Williams named his daughter Zelda after the princess from that game. So like... Yeah, it was it was crazy to find out about that because I and then people were just like, oh, yeah, there's commercials, too. I was like, what? (laughs) He admitted it live on air. They did a whole marketing uh, for Ocarina of Time 3D where it was just. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Playing and he's got this epic beard. Yeah, that was when I learned about it. It was like, oh, cool. I think that was when I learned about it, too. Thanks, 2011. Yeah, I think so as well. Cause <laughs> I, I mean, obviously, I, I feel like at that point I hadn't really heard much from him in terms of acting. Um, and he just kind of stayed, you know, close to acting, but not very well in the public eye. Um, so when that did, when that ad did come out, it was kind of like, oh, I, a, I learned he had a daughter, and B, I learned her name is Zelda, and C, I learned it's named after. I think also I knew of Zelda Williams because of um, Avatar, the Korra seasons, yeah. because she wound up being one of the voices. Kavira. Uh, well, yeah, I think that I think the season four Korra came out after the that marketing campaign. Oh, too, it did. So mm-hmm. well, yeah. it did. My, uh, but it, yeah, it's just interesting to find out because you said, how yeah. does it inspire on culture? And it just, the, it did, you know, like, oh, you might think of someone like naming like their pet after a character, but they they named their, their child. Their when child. was this before or after, uh, people naming their kids, uh, Dovakin to, God, I hope not. <laughs> But I wouldn't doubt it. When did Skyrim come out? As as that I commercial? I don't know. Yeah, Skyrim came out at it the was, same time was... as Legend of Zelda on the NES. Yeah. No, I meant of <laughs> Ocarina of Time 3D. Feels Thank like you it. very much. Yeah, it does feel like it. <laughs> it does feel like it. I would yeah. argue that I'm not entirely wrong. Skyrim, my I, I saw a comic that was like, it was like, which uh, you're like trying to sleep. And brain's like, which which Final Fantasy came out twenty years ago? I don't know, probably six. It was ten. <laughs> it's like, oh my god. Yeah, such an old game. Who even talks about it anymore? Final Fantasy ten. Yeah, gross. Most romantic ending. Um, so <clears throat> in terms of fan creations, and and I'm about to completely ruin my ambassadorship in this one question. It was not ruined <laughs> until this moment. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, I you was had doing a, great. You had a shot. Thank you. Are you going to blow really it right now? That. No, I'm, I'm jumping yeah, off the deep end. Look, I cannot be bought. Okay, let me just put that <laughs> front and center. Sponsors, we're not right. talking to you. <laughs> no, exactly. Uh, Audible, I'm still available. And <laughs> Enter uh, LBLP for 20% off your first month subscription. Um, you'll also need NordVPN if you want to do these randomizers without getting caught or whatever. Look at all I don't this free know. advertising. I know. Look at all this. Just leaving it out there, just dropping it all over the floor like an accident. So Zelda randomizers. Hello. 
Uh, these have become more and more popular over the years, and I think like Zelda and Metroid kind of have this, and it's mostly Super Metroid. I don't think I've seen anybody try to do it with the other games, but yeah. Zelda especially has taken a run in with these randomizers. Um, they become Zooters, more and more popular. Zooters. Zooters. Well, that's specifically one of them, uh, but the other ones aren't as fun to say. What do you think <laughs> makes randomizers so popular? And how do you think we came to this point? I think, well, I mean, okay. Um, let me let me let me clarify. I mean, to this wow. point, meaning like randomizers aren't used to just kind of be a thing that it's really difficult to set up and it's really mm, yeah. difficult to learn. But now we see they're being included in like uh, speed running charity marathons. We see them being included like Zuthon. Uh, I think did we do one two years ago? I'm gonna go with pro uh, uh, yes, yes we did. We okay, so but then last year we did like three different randos uh, segments, three or four really. Like randomizers became a big part of that. So I guess you know that to provide that context, what do you think has allowed the randomizers to become so popular these days? I think it just comes from um, people kind of reliving their nostalgia and just adding a new like fresh take on it like oh you know i can easily you you remember like oh i go get the master sword okay now i go do this dungeon now i do that now i go do this thing and all that but you get you get like a randomizer and it's like it's like oh like just for example for like uh ocarina of time it's like oh i don't have to go see javu thank god <laughs> Like I don't, I don't have to go there to get an item that I need to complete the game. Oh my gosh! But yeah, I think it mostly is just like the mixing of nostalgia with a fresh new take, because not not every randomizer is going to be the same. It's going to be different every single time, and you're going to have a different experience with it. And you might encounter, you know, like maybe you had an issue like a week ago, but today you did that you did like a skip or whatever and it was flawless like stuff like that so i just yeah i think it's it just comes from like a refreshing of nostalgia and just bringing that back and being like i remember playing this as a kid wow amazing i mean i i think in in large part the, the sort of concept of random is like it boils down to how do i breathe new life of this video game into this video game i love how do i play it without knowing exactly what to do with where to go when to go uh etc they i think games you know and as a whole has had speed running for a while right where it's like okay this is something that i can i can use as an excuse to play my favorite game that i like and you know i get really good at it and you know have reasons to constantly lab and improve and that gets to a certain point where it's just like okay this is cool at the end of the day, I'm still doing the same thing over and over, just really fast. Um, whereas randomizers still sort of give you that reason to uh, go back to those games. But in many ways, it's like playing a new game just with an environment with, you know, controls you're already familiar with and comfortable with, but still kind of sparking that brain interest of I get to explore again. I know the places I can explore, but I don't know where anything's going to be. Um and I think that's kind of the base appeal of those randomizers. And like you said, for a long time, they were very difficult to set up with like command line scripts and having to, you know, be familiar with game code um, and 
now as that has become easier, more people have done it, it's become more popular. Ace, how do you feel? I also think, and maybe this is just me and my experience with randomizers in my community, but for me, it's a like very community oriented aspect because I'm not going to claim to be the best Ocarina. I've only done Ocarina of Time randomizers and I'm not going to claim to be the best Ocarina of Time player ever. Like I hadn't played the game in fully years before people finally convinced me to try a randomizer. And so for me, it was a very like community oriented fun set of streams where people were going like, here's where you need to check. Like you forgot this chest in the field, like go look and maybe there'll be something good in there. And then we could figure out how to do it together. And that was why it was fun for me was because I remembered enough of the base game where I'm like, I know where some of the grottos are and I think I can figure out some things by myself. But then I'd be standing in the middle of the field going like, guys, what do I do? I don't know where to go. Like, and they would have to help me. And for me, that was the most fun part of it. And then I also had a community member who made me a, uh, a randomizer where all of the signs were just bad puns. Um, and I was very sad about that, but it was also <laughs> awesome. <laughs> that was, and they also, um, customized the, or like, they fully did like customization of the items. So they didn't give me a sword as a child until like almost the end of the game. So I had to use sticks and they knew I hated using sticks. I feel so like that it's was a multiple- fun time. Yeah, I feel like it's multiple things because uh, as a speedrunner, you start to learn tactics in order to skip past certain elements of the game that will help save you time. And then it also, add, like with the randomizers, it builds off of that. Like a lot of people that have become technically skilled with speedrunning to be able to now solve a puzzle. Like the randomizer is literally just a puzzle. You don't really get any hints necessarily i mean well you do um but uh i mean you get the spoiler tag and then you have the the sheikah stones and everything like that but ultimately what happens is that it, it's a puzzle and the especially with the original randomizers which if i remember correctly like i think link to the past was the first one yeah uh, i think so mm-hmm. yeah uh oh and god help me i tried doing a super metroid Link to the past, random. I I don't I don't know how anybody can do that. <laughs> Having to understand two games well enough to the point where you can figure out how to do a randomizer of both of them at the same time is it's like five D chess mm-hmm. uh, with time travel. And I think building off of that speed running concept of technical prowess you now have to figure out okay well now i can only do certain things but i don't have the thing that i need in order to do it and so once you figure out how randomizers work then listening to people describe like okay i have uh the kokiri sword now i can do these these this this then this checks uh and just listening to people that actually know how to do randomizers like just talk through the structure is fascinating to me because when i do the randomizer streams i'm just kind of like hey how do i beat goma can anybody that's me, can we... me i don't have a sword help me with that. i don't know what to do with my hands yeah <laughs> i have no I'll have idea a sword. what to do with my I'll hands i'll have sticks yeah 
I got a boomerang. <laughs> and you wind up just using this, and it it's funny because it just, and then you return to the original game and you wind up playing it. I feel like I have a better understanding of where things are because I have oh, yeah. to go to places like that I used gone. to not care about because maybe something important is there. Maybe there's not. <laughs> Who knows? Um, I think Zooters were ultimately the easier ones for me. I feel I, I'm frightened of the Wind Waker randos, especially after watching uh, Secret Agent Jake do it last year for Zeuthon. I don't I don't go near 3D Zelda randomizers. It's too much. It's too much. <laughs> that sounds terrifying. I just also I don't react. know Wind Waker well enough to, to even attempt that. I really like uh, what you were talking about, Ace, with like the community aspect, and I honestly think that that is kind of where it is, right? Like, especially when it comes to nerd culture and and uh, fans of particular series and just fans of any kind of nerd culture thing in general. There is like a group sentience to it, right? Um, <clears throat> Zelda randomizers. A lot of people are willing to help others get into it. Um, I think it is, so far from what I've seen, is probably one of the more welcoming communities. Um, certainly more welcoming than others, especially to try to get people interested in it because that's the only way that it's going to grow uh, is to try to get more people interested and help them along and try to figure out how to actually even set it up. Um and unfortunately, I can no longer do the multi-worlds because of Mac OS problems. But Yeah, and it, it's it's interesting when you stream that, too, because you're doing the randomizer solving this puzzle in your head. As soon as you share that with people, they're also trying to solve the puzzle in your head. And I, I can't think of a you know single uh, um, randomizer stream where if they can help it, there's not like a tracker on the layout somewhere because they want to expose yeah. that to, to everyone like. This is what I've got, and here are some of the checks I've made, so that they can sort of, if they're just not tuning in, try to solve the puzzle themselves. Like, oh, they're they're checking this. Maybe they should check that, or maybe maybe they're right. And it's it's uh, it's a nice little bonding experience for everybody. <laughs> it's a team building exercise. Yeah, team building, just like bowling, but better. And speaking of modding games, in order to differentiate them or make them your own uh if nintendo started making official zelda games that allowed players to craft their own zelda games and experiences what would you want that to look like we've kind of already seen it with the Link's awakening remake on the switch um but i feel like that leaves a lot to be desired you talk of zelda maker then (laughs) yes i do uh that's dangerous I, I, I haven't played too much of Mario Maker, mostly because I don't care enough about Mario to make my own Mario levels. But uh, I would love a Zelda version of that. Like, I don't I couldn't tell you exactly what I would want from it other than just like, you know, something is fully featured is, is what they've done for Mario. But I would be addicted. Yeah, me weird. too. I, I don't even know what I would want from it. It seems like such like a monumental undertaking to even like comprehend how it would work just because I'm not going to say like Zelda, especially in it's like 3d format. It seems like it'd be a lot harder to create what you would consider an actual Zelda dungeon in quotation marks, uh, than it necessarily would be to create a Mario level in a lot of ways. Cause a Mario level, there's just a lot like, 
And I'm not going to, I'm not trying to discount Mario because people have done some incredibly insanely crazy things, but it's a level. Yeah. Yeah. With Zelda, you're talking a dungeon, which is a whole nother beast. Yeah. So I just feel like it's, I don't know if we're going to get anything more than what they did in Link's Awakening. I think that was their shot. And depending on how it goes, which I don't actually know how it went, uh, we, you sh- we may you not see anything else like Amigo, that. So that's how it went. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> it's you may not, you may not see anything completion. like that ever again. <laughs> right. I just think it'd be too crazy. Like, I think it'd be too much work. <laughs> I, would, yeah, I, would never I would love it. to see them do an honest attempt. If I don't expect it though. and it happens, it'll be incredible. Yeah, I would yeah. love to see an attempt. Like a, like a standalone attempt. That yeah, does I think, not like, require I... Amiibos to share levels. <laughs> well, you know, we can't always get what we want. <laughs> I don't have an opinion, honestly. Um, just because, like, like Elias had said, I... I, I haven't played Mario Maker. I, you know, I've seen videos of, like, people um, making levels and stuff like, uh, you know, like, Ross and stuff. And um, just kind of so seeing it in too. Games Done Quick. I know. He's <laughs> he's crazy. Um, and, like, Games Done Quick and that. and But, yeah. I, see, I don't know. Like, I feel, um, I feel like just kind of setting something up like that would be uh hectic because like even though even though you know like oh with Mario it's like oh you're you know your goal you you want to get to the end of the level and what um and you have like those things set out for you and it yeah it would be the same with Zelda it's like oh you need to get x amount of keys and then you need the boss key and then you go and you fight the boss but it's like how do you how do you set up that way like how do you set that all up to make it fair for people and to like I just I don't know like it, it would be it would be difficult to set up especially if you're thinking like you could probably do it in um you know like what is it you could you could do it in like a 2D perspective like a top down perspective definitely but yeah if you're trying to if you're trying to do it like <laughs> If you're trying to do it like, oh yeah, here's here's dungeon like Zelda Dungeon Maker based off of um, Ocarina of Time or like one of the 3D, you know, any of the 3D games, yeah. any of them, it, it becomes yeah. a whole nother level of complicated. It's like, mm, I don't know about that. <laughs> and I don't even think Mario tries to do that. They stick with the 2D side scrolling for their levels. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So. You know, it it would have to be if they're gonna do it, they'd have to do it in a two D way. You can't, you can't do it in a three D way because it's just gonna be too complicated, in my opinion. And uh, I I feel like people would eventually just be like, "This is too much work. I'm out of here." <laughs> yeah, the way that like Link's either hire me Nintendo or don't. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Who cares? Nintendo, hire me, please. I I think with Link's Awakening. What, so what they did was they gave you pre-built rooms and they were these slabs and you would put all the slabs together and it had there your dungeon maker had rules in that it had to have a boss chamber it had to have a entrance certain rooms couldn't fit together um, if you have a staircase in one slab you can only you know you have to bridge it to another staircase in another area 
but even that was limited. So if you had like this big dungeon map and you had multiple staircases, they would only be connected to what was close to what two staircases were close to each other. And that was kind of a huge limitation. Um, yeah. I feel like the the main issue obviously I had with it was that it just kind of felt like it is pretty bare. It was um, felt tacked on. It's and it and it was yeah. tacked on and it's required for heart containers. <laughs> that too. So if you want to play again and do 100%, you have to do like 12 what they call dungeon missions where Dompe asks you to build a dungeon a specific way and you have to make it and then beat it in order to move on and to do that like what like 12 or 15 times every time yeah. you play the game is just ugh it's uh, a lot what the 100% leaderboards are for that game <laughs> there, there's I gotta be up. dungeon making strats right where you just make the same <laughs> ones every time <laughs> yeah it's just like here's the quickest way to do it just let's, let's just get get on with it and also the slabs were collectibles as well. So you either had to find, buy, or, you know, trade your way into Thief. getting additional slabs. Uh, I feel like a dungeon maker would work. I think, again, it would probably have to be a 2D version of it, a top-down perspective. Um, I think I would like to see kind of a generational thing like they did with Mario Maker, and you get to see graphical improvements and certain elements that might be exclusive to a particular graphical style versus the others Mm. um a lot of super mario maker everything has to work in every single engine and so they created things that never used to exist in a previous engine just to make it all work um but with super mario 3d's graphic engine even though there's not much difference between that and new super mario brothers they did add things so that it was specific to a Mario 3D world uh, for Mario Maker, but you could only use those assets on that type yeah. of map. Um, mm-hmm. Which, yeah, we can. You know, I could see that. like if if Nintendo does what they do and just takes what they learned from the Tack On and the Link's Awakening and takes what they learned from Mario Maker, I think they could make a decent Zelda Maker, but it would take a lot of planning and thought yeah that'd be a lot (laughs) it's a lot to think about um so we've talked a lot about zelda of course and there have been a lot of games in the series i there have been a lot of fan games there have been a lot of games made by other developers that were handed off and at varying results i think it's time to talk about our favorites and our least favorites but I'm going to try and ask this in a slightly interesting way. Uh, so everyone does have a favorite Zelda title. Which one is yours and why? And we'll start with Ace first because she's at the top left in case you forgot. Oh, my God. What? No pressure. Again? But your first favorite. I didn't it's move. alphabetical. I know. My name begins with A. If, wait, um, shit. No. Yes, it is. I didn't know that. It's alphabetical. <laughs> Today he learns. That actually helps me in the future. Today I told you, I, I don't know how this thing works. <laughs> I think I, I thought about this a lot after you asked. It was a very difficult decision. But 
I think I do have to go with Breath of the Wild. Um, it was my favorite purely because I love open world games. Uh, I adore the Xenoblade franchise with all of my heart. Um, and so that really spoke to me as a Xenoblade fan, uh, Breath of the Wild. And I just like how much freedom it gave me. Um, because I tend to lose focus very quickly. Um, so I'm, I'm the stereotypical Breath of the Wild player who's running towards one cool thing. And then I'm like, but wait, what's that over there? And then I'm running towards that thing. And then I see sometimes the first cool thing, forgetting what that was that I was like running towards at the beginning. I was like, but wait, what's that over there? And running towards that. And I think that's just something that really appeals to me as a player. I like not being locked in to, all right, first you have to go to this temple, then you have to go to this temple, then you have to go to this temple. Like, sometimes I like that because it gives me a plan, but for the most part, I just like being free and uh, being able to explore and have fun. And I also like how flexible Breath of the Wild is in terms of the order that you can complete it. Because I thought I did it in the right order, and then I talked the, the right order, and then I talked to people, and they're like, what were you doing? Why did you go... <laughs> To, I think I did, uh, water, Gerudo, fire, then Rito last. And they were like, why did you, that makes no sense. What is wrong with you? And I'm like, oh, I, I thought I thought it made sense. Okay. Well, never mind. Uh, I'm an idiot. <laughs> I got distracted. Um, yeah. and I mean, this is kind of long and ranty, but I think just the amount of like, you can go wherever you want, do whatever you want, complete as many of the shrines as you want, or don't. It's up to you. Like that amount of also cooking. I love cooking. That's it. That's sent tweet. Um cooking is my favorite. Uh yeah, okay, I'm done. But I I did I have, I think, uh almost a hundred percent completed it. I haven't done the compendium or the Koroks. I I'm like halfway through. Mm-mm. Um it's been something that I just, like, occasionally pick up and get, like, five Koroks, and I'm like, that's good enough for today, and then I send it down. Uh, <laughs> but I'll keep coming back to it, and it'll be something where I'll occasionally still discover, like, a new location, and I'm like, damn it, I thought I finished this already, but there's a whole nother thing here. Um, and that makes me really happy. Uh, so I'm I'm gonna go with Breath of the Wild. I loved it. Nice. Elias, you're in the top right again. What? Uh, favorite is Twilight Princess because it's the best Zelda game. That's it. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's fair. <laughs> That's my second favorite for sure. Yeah. No. I. Uh, in case you couldn't notice, I'm a Metroid fan, and uh, what that says about my taste in Zelda games is that I like atmosphere, and I like apparently going back to older areas with newer things and re-exploring them. Um, and Twilight Princess. Uh it it in my eyes it it kind of perfected what the the original zelda formula or the best version so far of the original zelda formula right where i i often call it ocarina of time but better because the similarities with ocarina of time are very much there um but it it the story is better in my opinion the 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 world design is is more fleshed out um and just you know the 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 atmosphere of the game like it 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 checks the most boxes for me in terms of things i like and and uh 
So yeah, Twilight Princess for me. For me, it's always kind of ever changing, um, which is not a great thing. I I want to say that Skyward Sword has always been in my top three, and it's not really for the reasons why people don't like it. Um, I would probably agree with some of the things that people don't like about Skyward Sword. Um, the fact that the air travel is not really all that fun, but you don't, I would say probably argue you don't spend as much time doing it. Uh, but for me, it's, it's, I think again, atmosphere and I'm just kind of the opposite atmosphere uh, as Twilight Princess. Twilight Princess is kind of that result of fans not liking Wind Waker and Nintendo going back to the drawing board and being like, well, people seem to like the dark stuff. And again, it, it also plays off of inc- and almost kind of expands uh, the Hyrule and Dark World concepts from Link to the Past. But I think for Skyward Sword, I Zelda has been very interesting in terms of characters. Um, they've either been completely unnecessary fluff, uh, and have a lot of writing dialogue problems, uh, or you have something like Majora's Mask, which is probably one of the best, like, character studies in terms of non-playable characters and people that aren't actually really affecting the story, but this is a world that you are technically a part of and are contributing to. Um, Skyward Sword kind of even before Breath of the Wild, reminded me of this sort of Ghibli-esque feeling where you have Skyloft and you have all of these different characters that live in that area, and they're all very unique personality-wise. And I think that builds a lot off of some of the things that they did with Twilight Princess, but again, sort of perfected the writing. Um, Some of the characters are just super weird. Uh, The fact that you have like the shop girl that gets gets that crush on you and you can either accept it or reject it and that changes dialogues uh, options between her and her father for the rest of the game. Um, having the demon living underneath Skyloft that you have to like give kudos for him in order <laughs> to become a real that. boy. Uh, and ultimately Groose like, is one of the biggest, best things about it because... Uh, not necessarily just for the meme culture, but really he is this big bully uh, that antagonizes you quite often in the beginning of the game. And it sort of gives off this very uh, like 1970s kind of uh, coming of age comedy feeling where he's just like the, the schoolyard bully making fun of Link for not being particularly great, but for some reason attracting the attention of the important person that he is also after um it and seeing him grow into somebody who becomes very selfless uh and somebody who actually cares about something other than himself realizing that you know coming down to the world below and helping impa out with the grusinator and uh just like he's very on brand even though he's becoming a better person he's still super on brand by naming a device after himself uh but despite some of the problems that i have like facing uh the same boss three freaking times uh the sky travel not, not being particularly great and i think in this case 
uh, Twilight Princess and Skyward Sword both have this problem where you kind of feel like you're almost about to be done, and then the game's just like, nah, uh, three more dungeons. And so uh, Skyward Sword has that problem as well. And unfortunately, it means that you go back to the same three areas three times with a slightly new area each time you visit, which is interesting, but it kind of seems like, okay, well, I mean, this all looks great, but it's just the same place I was at like 20 hours ago. Uh, I understand those issues. I understand that that I feel like that really broke the team and that's how we kind of come up with with Breath of the Wild now uh, because people were, I think that was the point, people were tired of the Zelda formula. But the world, the colors, the atmosphere, the characters... Um, Link doesn't feel like this total badass. He even has Impa chiding him throughout the first half of the game, being like, you kind of suck, bruh. And then she just disappears. And to feel like the hurt that Link feels uh, always being one step behind and never quite getting there until the end, um, you kind of like resonate with that a little bit. And I just feel like this was the best relationship between Zelda and Link in my opinion where Zelda isn't kind of this like I'm just sending you on a quest to do something and even if she is like a damsel in distress but you can see the the feelings that they each have for each other um you can call it love you can call it whatever you want but it's it's there and it's believable and I think just the characterization and the melodrama that exists in that game is just so well done in my opinion um so I think I, you know, gushing over for, for the last five minutes, I, I think Skyward Sword's usually, if it's not my favorite tomorrow, it's always in my top three. So I'd have to go with that one. And Sarah, you're in the bottom right. See, um, I can't, uh, I can't relate to that because I was never bullied in school. Like, I can't relate. To wow, that. nice. Oh, I'm <laughs> <laughs> nice. Nice. That must have been so rad. Nice. 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 Um. So. Now I have to blame Elias because he stole mine. No, I'm kidding. But like, should have been in the top right. I I do. I know, right? <laughs> Damn. Ah, uh, gotta change should've my name. Gotta e. change my name. <laughs> <laughs> um, I I I would say for me, it's actually because now I'm like slightly offended. I uh, it's tied between uh, Wind Waker and Twilight Princess for me, actually, because I really didn't like. Funny enough, like I have a, a like a bad story when it comes to Twilight Princess, but um, I just I like the fact that they had kind of like a darker world for that and just kind of like, you know, she's in this, like Minna's in this position where, you know, Zelda lost, like everything is lost in that sort of situation in the in the Twilight Zone, you know. Um, but yeah, it, it it had this like this like kind of like darker meaning to it. And plus I just I love Midna's theme. I'm I'm a I'm a big nerd when it comes to video game music and stuff. Like I the I will always be humming like different tunes or like whistling them or making stupid little songs out of them or anything like that. And then like the thing that I liked about um Wind Waker was just I, I feel like that was probably one of the first um Zelda games that was kind of like more open world-ish like yeah you had a main goal and there was like places you had to go to like when you were um collecting the pieces of the to recreate the the Triforce the Triforce piece 
Um, it's like, yeah, you have to go to those islands to pick up the different pieces and you have to go to those different places, but it's something you do, you can do eventually. You can go somewhere else and like do this side thing or like mess around with Tingle or like, you know, you don't have to specifically do that thing as it comes about. Like it's not super linear. You can kind of decide a little bit where you want to go with that. And then, um, with Twilight Princess, it's, you're still, you're still, it's still like linear and stuff, but there's still like things to explore and look at and like side things to do. Like at first I thought you were talking about Agnes when you mentioned the shop girl. <laughs> Cause, cause you were like, oh yeah, the shop girl. And I was like, oh, is he going to talk about Agnes with her, her butterflies and her bug fetish? Like that sort of thing. But then no, you were like, oh yeah, she has a crush. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I Sorry, agree. I don't know why I called her that. That's see, I weird. anyways. I knew her first yeah. in Hyrule Warriors, and then saw her. So like, <laughs> seeing her in Hyrule Warriors, I was like, "What oh. the <laughs> hell is this? <laughs> what is happening here?" <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Um. But yeah, I I really liked the both of those, and then the story. The story that I have about um. Twilight Princess, I, okay, so when they, when they had first announced it and they were like, yeah, we're working on this game, I was like super excited for it, I got the pre-order, all that stuff, and they're like, yeah, it's coming out on GameCube, and I was like, all right, and then, you know, not even like a few months, a year later, they're like, yeah, we're also gonna put it on the Wii, so now you gotta wait, and I just remember, like, waiting, honestly, I, I think it was like a two, two full years before they finally released the game because they had to make sure that it worked on the Wii as well as on the GameCube. And I was like, can't you just fucking just do a Wii remaster later? Can't I just have my game, please? Because, like, the, the GameCube version was done. They were done with it, but they were like, no, we have to wait because we're going we're gonna to put it on the Wii as well and we want to release them at the same time or it's going to feel weird. It's we like, no. Sell these consoles. <laughs> just, just give it to me. I want it. Cries and but I ended up liking that version better because I'm like not not a fan of the whole yeah if you want to swing the sword you have to use the uh, Wiimote no no this is how accidents happen this is why they had to have things about like make sure the strap is secure because you'll break your TV or hit your child in the face you know well I would have done that but yeah that was like my it, it's funny oh. <laughs> it's funny because that's like like I said that's one of my favorite games but it's like I had to wait forever and I hated that <laughs> for the game to come out hated it it's easy to ask what a person's least favorite Zelda game is but let's say I gave you a time machine and play some 5D chess with this time machine <laughs> and if I were to Get you to keep one Zelda title from being made. Which one would it be? Oh no! Don't don't give me this power. You won't like it. After you kill Hitler. Do you do oh you have God. an answer, Sarah? What 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 I do? Do you have, what do you have your answer? Yes. <laughs> oh well, tell us. I don't I want to know. Sword. I really don't. Well. I just don't. I'm sorry. I've I've never liked the whole like I've never liked the whole Stanima system and I never liked the whole like oh your shields can break. Oh your sword 
can break. Like, we added durability to everything. I'm like, why? You really did not need to add this. Please. Please, this mechanic is worthless. I don't like it. Everything else is fine. I just, I did not like that mechanic at all. On a similar don't. vein. And then flying, and then like, <laughs> like how you had mentioned with flying, I just kind of feel like that's a little bit boring. But at the same time, it's like, oh, well, you like Wind Waker and you're in a boat. Yeah, well, I don't know. It was different and I hated it. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know, man. So yeah, it, it would definitely, sorry, it would have to be Skyward Sword because I also, I also just don't like the fact with Breath of the Wild, it's like, Oh, you pick, like, even the Master Sword has its own durability. It's like, come on, man. Really? Scary. We had to do this? I worked so hard for this, and you're just gonna kick me in the nuts like that? Come on. Root. Scary Sword's a pretty tree. Just, like, gets up. Roots. <laughs> oh, man, that would hurt. Oh, does, it, does it, like, lifts up, like, a dress, his roots, and just, like... Shaking that dirt off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I feel like so I know that the durability on the shields at least can be mitigated by perfect blocks and it actually felt really good like when you get that down and you feel like the vibration on the nunchuck when you do it you know that hitting your kid in the face motion apparently mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's very rewarding but anyway uh, Elias how, how would you what this game is, would you erase from existence this is kind of tough for me because it's it's a different answer I think than my least favorite Zelda game right um, mm -hmm. because what has resulted in some of the games I like from Zelda, we only got there because they made mistakes along the way and knew, okay, let's not pursue that. <laughs> um, <laughs> and if you take that away from history, right, then they might pursue it in a more, you know, in a different way that, that would just, you know, radically change things. Um, Sky, I thought Skyward Sword was a good answer because, you know, of some of the reasons you said there. But then if if they I think the main takeaway from or the main uh, criticism of Skyward Sword was like, oh, it's it's too linear. So then you have Breath of the Wild. I don't think you get Breath of the Wild without Skyward Sword. Right. Um, I agree. And uh, you could say the same thing even with like you don't get Twilight Princess without the Wind Waker. So I can't talk about the Wind Waker. Um, so I think um, I would end up saying uh, Phantom Hourglass. <laughs> oh, that's fair. Because then you that's don't get fair. Spirit Tracks. You don't get any mine. of those DS games. It's 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 contained. <laughs> it's a contained paradox. And uh, that's right. I'm sorry, but anything that's like we need you to either yell or make a sound into this mic, no. I th I think no. if you take away you know Phantom Hourglass and then by default Spirit Tracks. Like you lose nothing. No, no, nothing is yeah. lost. <laughs> I, nothing I, of honestly, value like, is lost. <laughs> that that is probably where I would go to. I mean, Phantom Hourglass. I was gonna also is... say Phantom Hourglass or Spirit Tracks for the record. One of the two, because I literally followed your exact train of logic. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I can't what? take out some of these without irrevocably <laughs> changing the timeline. I feel like you uh, not could to, get not away. Not to bring us back to timelines, but. <laughs> I feel like you could get away with, with removing Zelda 2 from existence because I don't think Nintendo <laughs> looked at Zelda 2 and were like, well, we can't do that again. Uh, I think I would probably, again, follow Elias's logic on that and think that with Phantom Hourglass, it just seemed like a tech demo that even the localizers were kind of annoyed with <laughs> because I swear 
there's a character that you can talk to that I think is in the the Phantom Tower or you know the big tower. And I think one of the lines is something about whining about the fact that you have to use the stylus in order to control Link. And maybe if you just stop whining and got used to it, you would get better at it. That's like literally the conversation that he has. Like he's just uh he's just salty that he died because he couldn't figure out how to use the stylus to move himself. And I was like, this is such a weird like <laughs> it has some cool stuff. It uh, it has one of my favorite little gimmicks ever where it has the 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 map that you can if you close your DS and open it back up it puts the spot on the map and everyone references it but it's still cool um but then the rest yeah the rest of the game involves either spitting into the screen uh yeah. or uh, that was the very first game that I played on my DS Lite um and so my main gripe about the Nintendo DS was the touchscreen uh, functionality. And honestly, like, Super Mario 64 DS is just unplayable unless you have the thumb thing. Like, if you have the, the little thumb mm-hmm. pad that came with the original DS. Like, it's just unplayable. Um, with Spirit Tracks, I honestly haven't played it, but I don't think I'd miss it either. You're fine. Yeah. The flute. The flute. Well, and I before I was like a more hardcore Zelda fan, I actually didn't buy it because I was so upset with Phantom Hourglass and the fact that you had to keep doing the same dungeons over again with no redeemable <laughs> qualities to it. And, and when I listened to uh, Chugger Conroy's L- uh, LP of it like years ago, I didn't realize some of the other like. There's only like five music tracks in the entire game. Yeah. So you'd hear like the song like 20 hours and the game's only 21 hours. Um, there are just a lot of things with Phantom Hourglass that just kind of feels like not that the game was a tax write off by any means, <laughs> but it didn't get the same love and affection that especially this is this is the first handheld game right after Minish Cap so technically you're following up Minish Cap with Phantom Hourglass needed more Capcom yeah yeah exactly (laughs) needed more Capcom in it put some put a Mega Man in that Phantom Hourglass you'll be fine so I'm sure you can put Phoenix Wright in it um yeah, I think that would be my answer. It would probably be Phantom Hourglass. So I don't. I, I'm. I'm gonna say again. I don't even care about the fact that, like, yeah, if you uh, if you get rid of Skyward Sword, that just ruins the whole timeline, and now nothing clearly, exists. Clearly, you don't. Care I don't even that. care. Yeah. By the like, way, I'm I don't sorry, change my answer. Yeah, no. I will. I will say. But just the fact that you guys are like, oh well, if we remove that, then you're gonna have to remove Breath of the Wild, and you can't have that. No. No. <laughs> No. I will, Goodbye, Scoured Sword. I will say uh, Triforce Heroes was a runner-up. Yeah, I yeah. For, different, for different reasons. My yeah. answer for if I could go back, if I could use this time machine to go back and tell someone to change something in a game would be Skyward Sword. Mm. I'd be like, please don't make me go to this area again. I don't want to fight this boss again. Please don't do it. Like, we're good. We're cool, right? Like, just maybe cut out. Or like tighten it up, 
That would be my... Uh, because that was what I was originally going to say before I was like, oh, I probably... The, the question is keep one from being made, so, like, I should probably pick one that I want gone. But I was going to say, just, like, maybe tighten up Skyward Sword a little bit. <laughs> I was just going to say, because I, I agree with the way that um, you said, like, oh, it's it's in my top three because of, like, the characters and stuff, and they're just, you know, they add to the story. And I feel bad because it's like, it's like, yeah, if I if I go back and erase this, then you don't have those characters anymore, and they're gone forever. It's like, well, that that sucks, my dude. One I do like. Like I just I don't know. Like I guess I I, I guess I I'm shooting myself in the foot here. Um, because there's a there's another game that I've been currently streaming, and nobody likes it, and I'm like, <coughs> oh, okay. Oh wait, which All one right. is that? Thirteen. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, nobody likes that one. Thirteen dash two. A lot of, a lot of the hardcore fans really like that one. So, it was only just now I realized yeah, we were I talking don't. about Final Fantasy. Yep. Oh, okay. Yep. Well, there is literally yep. a game called Thirteen. My favorite but... Zelda game, Thirteen. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> How many Zelda games are there? One, two, three. Too many. Um. Yeah. Which one would be Thirteen? Honestly speaking, like even if I didn't care about the timeline, I still had the least fun playing Phantom Hourglass. Um, <laughs> and that was my introduction to the this DS. This turned into bash on Phantom Hourglass I, time. At the time of release, I didn't mind it too much because it was a new Zelda and I my hands were less old than they are now. Um, <laughs> it wasn't until I was forced to be in a situation where I had to emulate a DS Zelda game that I that I was just like, this is almost unplayable <laughs> i cannot <laughs> deal with this <laughs> uh and yeah i would probably say good runner-up triforce heroes but i feel like i wanted to i wanted to think about a game that especially one that i have played and honestly yeah like triforce heroes i haven't played i don't intend to play i, I yeah that was why care. i didn't it as well <laughs> that happened it- the same e3 as federation force <laughs> if i remember correctly <laughs> So that was Nintendo's <laughs> E3 was. dreams. <laughs> that was the monkey paw curling on Nintendo. Anytime someone asks me, what is Federation Force? I'm like, it's a Triforce series of Metroid. Same thing. What is Triforce? It's a Federation Force of Zelda. Yeah. <laughs> it's literally, they're oh both the God. same game. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> I feel like people did enjoy Triforce Heroes, though, that have played the the multiplayer aspect of it, so... Um, yeah, if you're playing with friends, they're fine. Yeah, but you know, when I when you have to pay for friends like I do, it doesn't it's very expensive. <laughs> That's <laughs> true. Yeah, yeah. No, oh, I forgot yeah. about that. Yeah. Your check's in the mail, by the way. Um Yeah, good. Just if there's one that. thing you think the series as a whole could improve on, what would it be and why? Like, considering the fact that Breath of the Wild does change a lot of things, if we were to look at the Zelda series holistically. Is there one thing that you would want to see different about it? And what would that be? Direct sequel to Twilight Princess. <laughs> That's not a change. That's just a new game. Stamina and durability have no place being in the Zelda series. I feel like None rain whatsoever. could go away pretty quickly. Yeah, I I will give you rain could could leave and i'd be happy 
my favorite thing <laughs> is like how certain game developers will try to add something to a video game series just to add some kind of realism to it. And I'm like, do you know what the game is that you're that you're developing? This it doesn't need to be real. That bird talked and walks like a person. <laughs> and that fish is hot. Why <laughs> Why is the fish hot? Why is the fish hot but can't climb in rain? Give me one or the other. Well, I I think one of the things that I'd really like to see in the future of the series is um a the ability to customize your player character. If we can't have like a female Link or if we can't have a Link or if we can't play a Zelda, whatever reason that Nintendo has for this, if the hero of time is always different but he's always the same, like it wouldn't be far-fetched for me to go like, you know what, just let me customize my character and just let me make the hero of time whoever I want them to be. Especially if you're creating a more open world, less linear Zelda in the future, um, being able to create whatever kind of character or whatever stupid thing that I can come up with with the with the many possible sliders um, would just be more fun as an experience to play whatever Zelda game comes out of the pipeline from here on. I think that would be the one thing I'd like to see. Yeah, why can't we have that? I mean, like, Zelda's a cross-dresser. Shake's a dude. Let's, let's just be really... No, I'm kidding. A Zelda in sheep's but, uh, clothing. Yeah. Um, also, I just... I have to ask as a as a rhetorical question. Why is it called The Legend of Zelda when you play as Link? I don't know. Why is that? It's not... What what legend is Zelda living? I feel like I could like, have the legend of Zelda during the first... Yeah, the, she's living I know, her legend. What is her You're legend? living yours. She's not doing anything, though. She's in a castle. I don't remember when I talked about this. And then she turns into a crystal. Like, come on, man. (laughs) No, you're thinking about 13 again. Um, Oh, dang it. (laughs) (laughs) I think for me, yeah, as a a kid, it was really confusing because if you're not familiar with the series, it's like, think about the other video games that came out around that time. You have Super Mario Brothers. Well, who do you play as? Mario. Uh... Pac-Man, who you play yeah, as? Yeah, you play Pac-Man. as Mario, Mario. Metroid, you yeah, play as Metroid. Luigi Mario. Yeah, Metroid. <laughs> and Metroid crawls. It, it's not common to see the name of something be completely different in that in that era from the from the character that you're playing. You can kind of see some of it today. Like, I don't know, who's the god of war? It's probably me. At least I am by the end of the first one. Uh, spoiler alert. Wow, spoilers. 20 year old game. Wow. Wow. But, rude. Yeah, I know. You'll never play the original God of War on PS2 ever again. I, yeah, as, as from, uh, from that perspective, it was just a weird thing to call it The Legend of Zelda. And I do remember as a kid going, like, well, why? Like, why is it The Legend of Zelda when I'm not playing a Zelda? Just doesn't make any damn sense. It's a, it's a weird perspective of like, I don't even know. It's like, you just you kind of feel like you're playing a side character like oh you're not the main protagonist zelda is okay but where is she we don't know (laughs) somewhere (laughs) she had to go into hiding we don't know she's in a rock um (laughs) i think the other thing was that in the japanese uh version it is the hyrule fantasy 
Um, you know, they could have called it the Legend of Hyrule, and when you think about the terms the Legend of, the name of a place wouldn't be too far-fetched either. But, um, yeah, I, yeah, it's... It was an interesting thing for an eight-year-old laughing boy to try to figure out. Okay, but so I, I see the comment here by by Jody about it was called The Legend of Zelda because the entire motivation of the main character, who was effectively a nobody, was to save a girl named Zelda. His entire motivation is based around Zelda as he has no motivation of his own to do anything. So the legend is started controlled and based on Zelda. Link is simply the tool used to get to Zelda. But that's the, that's the thing. Usually when you talk about the legend of someone, it's about them. It's not about some other person. Like, would you, would you be like, oh yeah, this is my legend, but then it's about like someone you met for five minutes three years ago? Yeah. No. <laughs> I, yeah. That's that's where it's confusing for me because it's like, oh yeah, you know, she she becomes the light of his life and his only reason for existing. But it's not about her exploits. It's not about what she did. It's not about her. It's, it's about, about you. him. So why is it named about her? Yeah. <laughs> like it's just weird. Yeah, but that's the name that they went with thirty five yeah, years yeah. ago and I guess it kinda makes sense now in hindsight, but yeah, it's a very weird concept um true but i think uh that that's pretty much all the questions i had um and now i think uh we we can probably give it a rest i just want to <laughs> have thank we talked about for, zelda for too long <laughs> yeah we've you've talked enough uh but thank uh but but stay stay with me for a couple more minutes because i need you to talk a little bit more Thank everyone for joining me. Uh, if we can just kind of do a little bit of a round table and see where we can find y'all on social media and everywhere and uh, what you guys are up to, starting with Elias, where can we find you? Oh, we're not starting with top left. Wow. I know. Were um, you prepared? I know. I feel betrayed, honestly. I'm always prepared because <laughs> you can find me at Elias Thompson literally everywhere on the internet that matters. Uh, I have been up to not much lately. Honestly, um, I, what are you streaming? <laughs> like anything? Give me something. I, I've, I've been, been streaming a uh, Pokemon X Nuzlocke, which I'm uh, wrapping up with the finale tomorrow. Sunday. Ooh, nice, nice. So that's fun, but that's me. Ace Fan Girl, where can we find you? Where are you at? Uh, I am Ace Fan Girl on Twitter, on YouTube, and on Twitch. Uh, I stream twice a week. Most of the time, when law school is not kicking my ass. Um, and I am a variety streamer by definition. Whatever I stream, is, it's not going to be the same thing twice for a long time. So, yeah. And I do stuff on YouTube. I'm wrapping up uh, Danganronpa Ultra Despair Girls uh, soon. And then we'll move on to something else before we do more Danganronpa, because the people love Danganronpa. So... Spoken. The people have spoken. They love it. And Sarah Bear, where are you at? Dangy Rangy. Um, I'm mostly on Twitter. Uh, Twitter seems to be the place where I post and shit post and, you know, just all those things. Um, but, uh, <laughs> ha ha. 
But I am also on Twitch and I was for a while on YouTube. I kind of need to get back to that though because people are like, hey, when are you going to finish Golden Sun Lost Ages? And I'm like, I don't know. When are you going to stop asking questions? Let me live my life. <laughs> <laughs> Never. But no, I'll, I'll get to it eventually. I do want to finish it. I, I just, I keep getting into this like vicious circle of like, oh, I got to do it, but I can't do it because I'm doing this other thing. Oh, I guess I won't do it. And then I, it, yeah, vicious circle. But um, as I mentioned earlier, for um, for Twitch, I am doing uh, Final Fantasy Thirteen, which no one likes. Everyone hates that game and the series. And uh, tomorrow, I'm actually going to be continuing with uh, Paper Mario Thousand Year Door. That's every Sunday until it's over. But yeah, I'm also just like just like Miss Ace Fangirl, I'm a variety streamer as well. I just kind of play whatever I enjoy or people ask me to play. Um, yeah. I, whatever. <laughs> Alright. Um, so thanks Follow me for- your don't. I'm not your dad. <laughs> <laughs> so thanks everyone for joining me here. Uh, if you made it this far as, as a listener, as a viewer, thank you so much. Um, this will probably be posted on Spotify soon. Um, that we're making the transition to streaming and, and Spotify. We're a real podcast now someday. Um, we will be back. Well, I will be back uh, on the 10th of April. We'll be doing a Pokemon 25th anniversary. So <gasps> Pokemon. Indeed. We do like Pokemon over here uh, in this house. I have a Master Ball. Yeah, maybe I, I don't do. have time to show you. We will see you guys then. Uh, I also do Friday night streams with, uh, with the boys caboose dark pyros and filthy pizza um we do a a semi-weekly podcast on friday nights so you can tune in to us there over at twitch.tv slash laughing boy lp those get posted on to spotify as well until next time thank you everyone for joining me this has been dialogue box good night i was about to say y'all can say good night too oh okay good night